0: I have a target in my life. I want to be able to put a backpack on my back and walk up Kata Idris and stay overnight for within about a week as I live.
1: We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. We are lost.
2: Hello and welcome to the Alleycast with me, Steve O'Connor. It's been a little while. Um, things are really, really busy at the minute with training. Um, and I've talked a lot about that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really focusing on training for the various different editions of the spine race that I've got coming up at the minute. Um, so getting out and getting the miles in and doing some overnight reckeys, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on. And I'm happy um, for anybody to join me on those reckeys if they fancy a day out in the Pennines. Yeah, and I'll let you know a little bit how you, how you can do that. Um, This episode today I recorded a couple of weeks ago with the um, king of CADA, Andy Thompson um so we yeah we chatted about everything i think we we went on for about an hour or so on that and we could have carried on all night it was a really really great chat really great to catch up with a mate and so yeah we'll we'll get into that in a little while recording this intro now about six days out from the commando shuffle where i am going to be i haven't decided whether we're going to record any kind of podcast or anything while we're there I'm aiming to, but once I get to these events, I tend to go all in on the events, and I get really, really focused on what I'm doing, and then I just completely forget to film or completely forget to record because I'm just really, really focused in on those, and and that's what works for me. But I am gonna try and record something and get a few interviews next week at the Commando Shuffle. So 30 miles across Dartmoor uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that event is, um, organised every year in aid of uh, various charities. Um, fantastic events so we've heard this is going to be my first one um but yeah i will certainly let you know all about that um once i have completed it uh, with the team um next week also at the end of the month we have the paris 10 coming up um going to be a big gt meet up there at paris 10 Again, I'm not going to be competing this year I'm, and we did discuss this at the end of this podcast because I'm really focusing on my training towards the events that that, that are going to are probably going to define 2024 for me. So um, yeah, I don't want to go out and do events just for for ego for myself to get them done which take me away from my primary focus. Um, But I may be there. I may just be there anyway and just uh, catch up with a few of you guys and um, record some audio and and maybe a bit of film there as well because I'm not taking part. Then I've got absolutely no excuse, have I? Um, Yeah, and the... Uh, you know I've put many uh, videos out so far about the Breaking 45 series it's one of those series that I've started to put together I thought this is going to be really easy Uh, I'm going to put together an episode about motivation about rest about various different aspects um, of uh, navigating life and fitness over 45 but then you start talking about um, motivation and you go down this massive rabbit hole and there's so much to talk about so um, I'm busy putting that together and um, as we speak and you know as I as I go through and I, I find more research I'm like wow and <laughs> it just it just takes me off in different directions um, as I do um, but yeah I'm going to try and combine all that into probably about 30 minute episodes and get those out to you as well. Again, if anybody wants to take part, if you've got anything you want to say about motivation, or anything about sort of navigating, your fitness and life uh, from the age of 45 and, and I have said the reason I chose the age 45 is you know there's been recent studies to say that this is the age at which we rapidly physically decline because our human DNA is probably made to last about 38 years so um yeah and um, I'm going to start getting those out and um, towards the middle or end of September in fact after recording this intro I'm going to start recording and um, a bit of the motivation episode for you but anyway and like i said let's get on with the interview with uh, andy thompson um and after this i will also let you know um about some upcoming reckeys that i've got along the pennine way uh, and if you want to join me on those more than happy for people to uh, join me for a part or bits of them um or, or or whatever so yeah so let's get on with this interview
0: about that. Yeah, that joining with computer audio we're amazing i <laughs> am i am a complete technophobe the fact that this is happening is a miracle
2: <laughs> I, do you know what? i always have an absolute nightmare on zoom i always send an invite it never works and then i'd sent that and then zoom was like now you need to install an update so we obviously installed an update couldn't remember my password to get back in i was like enough
1: but anyway
2: we're here we're here, we're here. we've done it we're not here Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. I think last time I saw you was Mike um, uh, Keeley's March, wasn't it? It was Mike Keeley's March. You and your hound? It was, yes, my hound. I did try to record a podcast that day, but my hound howled all the way through every bit of audio that I put on. So it, it didn't go out okay. really. there. That's, that's the type of day. A little bit of effort.
0: Yeah. A little bit of effort in getting there. A little yeah. bit of effort in walking up a hill. Some pertinent points. To remember some guys, to understand what companionship is all about, um, and, and going home with some great memories—that's a perfect day for me.
2: It was—it was—it was a really, really good day. You know, I enjoyed the the little service that we had there on the side of the hill, and then obviously up to the diving board and, and back down. It was brilliant. And you know, for me, um, that's what our little community is all about, isn't it? That's what G T is all about. It's just getting just getting out with your mates and your your brothers and your sisters and, and doing that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. you I, I, and you're instrumental in arranging things like that. And we'll get on. It was obviously we're, we're, we're talking on the back of a recent sort of another Kedah weekend. Um, you were up there last weekend. Um, I've been on one of those weekends. They were amazing. I couldn't do this one because I've got a bit of a, a spine race recce planned for next weekend, and my other half wanted to see me for this. One. Um, so Fun, funnily enough, funny enough, some some home time. Who would have thought? I know, no, it's apparently Squirt likes me being around. But I don't wow. Know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, so I wanted to you know, I wanted to get you on and sort of chat to you because our little, like I say, our little community, we've got the ex-veterans on there, we've got civilians, we've got people from all sorts of area of life. Um, and I want to talk about the weekends that you organise and, and things we do there as well, but also get to know a, a little bit about yourself. So, I mean, you haven't no, you have got a military background yourself, but you've got military within your family, haven't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, not having military myself, I suppose. Don't want to have. I don't. I won't live life with regrets. Hmm. But I went to an all boys boarding school from the late seventies, and uh, military was drummed in. I shouldn't admit this, although you'll you'll sympathise. I was in the RAF cadets. It's fine. Okay. So um, you know, but but Jr might now be looking for me now. I've mentioned that, <laughs> um, and. It was planned for me to go into the royal engineers as an officer cadet um but i got run over on a dirty weekend in paris when i was 17 and that deep <laughs> that affected my physical side because it hurt hurt me uh, yeah. hurt my hip um but worse than that it, it um affected my a levels and as we all know in the military if you want to go as an officer cadet it's all about a levels yeah yeah 180 uckers
2: points yeah Yeah, so so where did you go from there then? After you know, once you sort of left the boarding school, what was the plan?
0: I don't want to be rude, but am I allowed to say I met beer and tits? Yeah, and having having all that time in an an all boys boarding school, and then being out on um, being let free, um, but also living quite an edgy sort of existence because boarding school back then was was quite a tough place to be. Mm So I needed the discipline or I needed the thrill of breaking the rules. Yeah. Um, so rugby was a good salvation for me, uh, as were fast motorbikes. The problem with both of those is they um, also have a problem and effect on your body. Yes. Um, hence, lots of other things that I've done to myself in terms of injury wise. But oh, it's college um, I got into architecture as as a technician, um, never qualified as an architect. That wasn't my plan.
1: Mm.
0: I got a bit too much. I'm not, I haven't got enough flair for architecture. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bit of a planner. So uh, eventually I got into communications and that took me to quite an exciting sort of place. Um, just in terms of being a, I'm going to call it a facilitator. I hate mm. being told you won't be able to get something done. Because mm, yeah. I'm going to fucking get it done. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no, there is no intermediate. There, it's just the fact that you say I can't do that. I, I don't. I, I was told that when I was ten years old by my by my dad. He was a leader of a scout camp at Kings near Um and uh, I wasn't old enough to be a scout. Uh, I was on the camp though, and we walked from Kings this youth hostel where they were camping next to the river up to the. Tenant, near Tenant car park where mm. most people would park to go up the pony path up Kader yep. and I got to that lane and I was I was probably in the top third group, I was not at the front um, but I was always told never to be at the front <laughs> but I was always <laughs> a, a, a few paces back and my dad turned around and said son you've got to go back to camp and all the scouts and my dad and a few other leaders went up Kader Idris and I'm 55 years old and, and it still affects me to this day, and it's possibly one of the reasons why I absolutely have that love affair with that mountain,
2: because I yeah. was told no. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we'll we'll, we'll talk about that because you know an awful lot about that mountain. And say so to go, the first time I ever went up Kadiriz was was with you. Uh, I've never been up that mountain before, and it was that. Um, I think it was it was, a, it was a couple of weekends ago, wasn't it? It was the, it was the one where we had the sort of eighty mile an hour winds, and we had to sort of sit it out till two in the morning, and then um, that's, we... that's normal wind. That's normal. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> we <laughs> was good. we
0: had that on the weekend, and it's summer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean it is a really sort of wild mountain, isn't it? It's 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 a it's, uh, it, it's a great place to be. So I mean, you know, your um, so, so when you sent me your your little blurb, you mentioned your your granddad's there as well. So. What sort of military service they had Because they they were a big influence on you, weren't they?
0: Yeah. um, Leonard Jack Thompson, my real granddad, my dad's dad. um, He was a bus driver before the war. Um, So a a normal civvy just doing his standard job. And and obviously war kicks off. They were in London. uh, And my old man was conceived in Brixton and born in Mayday Hospital Croydon, 1940. South London was quite a violent place in 1940, as the... Luftwaffe wouldn't want to drive, drive, fly all the way into central London and they'd drop uh, a lot of their ordnance on South London. Hmm. So uh, he then moved up as a baby. His first home was a suitcase with a hole cut in it uh, so he could breathe as a baby. And he was brought up um, out of London to Bala, up the road from where I am now. Um, And that's again one of of the links. Um, And my Real granddad, Leonard, he was conscripted into the East Surries, Um And he fought through North Africa, Tunisia. East Surrey's, incidentally, same regiment as a Major John Woodhouse, yep. um, which uh, a lot of people listening to this might know about. Hmm. Um, but he was in the regulars. My granddad would have been conscripted into the 2nd Battalion. So um, we don't really know what happened after that, apart from the fact that he joined the North Staffs. He went to Fort William, which we believe at the carry, uh, in 43, November, December 43, for training. Uh, we obviously know there's a commando training centre up there at the carry, but
1: yeah.
0: I've tried to dig and can't find whether he did volunteer for commando training. Uh, I have had some tips that he might have been involved in um, almost a uh, dispatch riding, policing at the front line. Um, But anyway, he was with the North Staffs and on the 4th of February, 1944, he was killed uh, in action in Anzio. Mm. Um, And although Anzio itself might've been a bit of a clusterfuck as far as some of the allies were concerned, and my father's no friend of General Mark Clark, an American who was in charge because he was a little bit um, slow in taking the fight to the the Germans at the time. Mm. And we won't go into that now. But anyway, my granddad was killed. Um, after the war, my nan met an absolutely extraordinary chap who we call granddad because all we knew was granddad. My dad called him dad. If my dad called him dad. Good enough for me calling granddad. A cheeky little chappie that um, was in the 10th Hazards in the 30s, uh, same regiment as Norman Wisdom. Um, in fact, Norman Wisdom even. Bought some tickets, gave some tickets to my granddad, his new wife, my nan, mm. and uh, his stepson, my dad. Um, my dad was eight years old, went to the Folly Beards and saw can-can girls in 1948. <laughs> Can you imagine that? 1948, Brilliant. you're eight years old, can-can girls. You know, it's not you porn, it's what it was back then. That's <laughs> That would have been the thing. Um, then in 1938... Um, the 10th Azars, or the part that my granddad was attached to, they were in India. Um, they were mechanised and my granddad was a horseman. Um, and in military terms, chucked his toys out the pram. In effect, he left. Mm. Um, and 1938, going to himself a job. But as I say, he's interesting. He he then went and got involved with group Sisu in Finland in the Winter War. Mm. Um You'd have to question the sanity of why somebody would go and do that at that point in time, but but he did. Um, He came back from that and was tapped up by SOE because um, he was an orphan, military trained. By this point, he'd learnt a couple of languages, in particular, Finnish. And he was attached. He went to uh, STS-5 for some training. Um, Don't know where else he went for training, but I know he went to STS-5. Um, and he was then moved out to Finland. Finland. Um, so can you imagine the year before you you're with you're with the Finnish working against the Russians? Mm. Now you're with the Finnish working against the Germans. Yeah. It's inevitable you're going to get caught dobbed in by somebody. Mm. And and he was um, and and had uh, some yeah. I don't want to go on on here the how, how people would have been, been interrogated back then. But you can imagine what it would have been like. Horrific. Um, And he spent um, some time in a number of different internment camps. Um, And one internment camp, um, there was a chap called Jerome Kamenada. He wrote a book. It's called My Purpose Holds. And it's the only known successful escape from a civilian internment camp. And the reason why there weren't many successful escapes from internment camps because you're treated badly as a civilian, you haven't got the protection of the Geneva Convention in a prisoner of war camp. Anyway, so this chap wanted to escape uh, for particular reasons, so my granddad helped him, and he's mentioned in this book that my granddad Jack Ford, um, Jack Henry Terence, well, he's actually John Henry Terence Ford, but everyone called him Jack Ford. It's why my son's called Jack. It's why my dog's called Jake. <laughs> All these sort of bits and pieces. So um, this this guy to help someone escape, knowing you've got to face the music afterwards, mm. having already been treated the way you've been treated. Yeah, this was my little granddad. He as a 10-year-old, yeah. 11 years old. He'd take me to Aldershot football club. Mm. Um, I'd be on maybe a, maybe it would be half term, maybe it would be Christmas holiday, maybe Easter holiday, and my little granddad would coming on. Andrew, do you want to come and watch the shots play? And he'd drive seven miles from his house to pick me up. And off we'd go to watch the shots. Beforehand, we might be in a supermarket with my nan and he'd open the lids off ketchup bottles in the supermarket and leave them mm. half undone just to be a practical joker. <laughs> and then we'd go to football and, and he'd be saying things, you know, about the referee, as you can imagine. Mm. Don't swear in front of your mum. Don't tell your nan. And it would be effing and jeffing and then on yeah. the way back home. And all this sort of, this, is my, this is my little granddad there was no stories of military at the time did have no idea what he did in the war no idea about other stories afterwards and and all these things this was just my little granddad till one football match he we were driving back past we're just past Keogh Barracks actually we're just going past uh, Mitchit Place Mm. he said about Rudolf Hess was kept in there during the war and I'm like uh who's Rudolf hess i <laughs> think go and find out about this about this guy second in command hitler's mm. crazy agent all this sort of stuff and um then i started doing a bit more digging because i found my granddad quite an interesting bloke as you can imagine yeah. but it was only after he died um it was a quite a tragic couple of days before my um birthday and, and we would had a fridge full of steaks and all ready to go and cake mm. and this sort of stuff and my old man got a phone call that granddad was ill and we shot over there as quick as we could and, and I watched him die in front of me. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and, it, you know, you get affected, you do get affected, but I, I believe in positivity. You can be sad about things, but you've also got to celebrate things.
1: Yeah, so
0: totally. to, to to get into your late 70s, having led the life he'd led mm. um, and, and to go quickly rather than be a cripple or disabled for a long period of time, he was active right to the end. Yeah um you know so you got to look at those mercies when we yeah, and but but then it all came out what he was it's was like holy shit mm. you know british agent my granddad fuck me
1: yeah
0: and and it was it was whilst i was wallowing in self pity i think i was 47 and a bit I snapped my right knee in my last game of rugby
1: yeah
0: um acl severed mcl severed and i'm licking my wounds, thinking, what do I do now? It's my last game of rugby. It's a year's rehab rebuild. And, uh, and I started reading about a bloke called Ken Jones. And um, and again, on this group, people have probably been shouted at by Ken Jones at some point in time. And, and I was reading about AE and reading about the fan dance. And I used the fan dance. I thought, oh, I'm going to use that for my rehab. Um, I'm going to use that as a target. But But more important than that, I want to find out what I've got because mm. I'm 50 and, Although I've had a had it, there's a big blip in my career, <laughs> but I had a successful up to a point, and and I thought, you know, if I'd gone in the military, what have I got? Hmm. And, and 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 I know that going on these test marches and and fan dances doesn't tell you anything in, in that side of it, um, but I did learn a few things, some valuable lessons that, uh, that that to this day you know I hold dear, and some friendships that are even greater than that
2: yeah yeah definitely and it's quite interesting really a number of people have spoken to and you I've talked about my story a a few times and the fan dance was something that that I found when I you know after during during my rehab after I'd been in hospital for for a good couple of of months really and then yeah I mean you know I had a military career but like I say I was I was in the Air Force we were driving around in Land Rovers flying around in helicopters we certainly weren't running up and down the Brecon beacons or doing anything like that and I think I think for me as well, it was like you know, can, I, I never got the opportunity to do that in the forces. can I, can I get out there and do it? And it does, it, it does help you. I think especially at our time of life, because I was sort of what early early forties. You were probably late forties when you when you when you yeah. discovered it as well. It does. Um, it's it's a pivotal point, isn't it? And I think you. Know, I've spoken to a lot of people recently about this as well, and you know, some guy in the fifties the midlife crisis but it's just a period of change in your life isn't it a massive period of change just like you go through that when you're a teenager i think when you're sort of 40s you're going through that as well aren't you going through that change of you've learned lots through your life you've you're now at a point where you sort of want to prove yourself and pass that sort of information on to other people aren't you
0: yeah yeah and i i, I did a bit um, i played rugby for 37 seasons hmm. i coached for 11 seasons it's right with what you learn, you want to try to pass on. The the, the, the rugby environment, I found a good environment to be in. Mm. Um, it's all about the teamwork, but you don't actually have to be. And you go, I play. I, I had 37 seasons of rugby, and I, not, not, I couldn't even play the game. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's because, um, well, you're a prop. Your job is to go in there and fight for the ball. Mm. But you've got no talent, so give the ball to someone that's got some talent who can run with it. Yeah, uh, but the guys with talent—they don't want to go and get their makeup smudged. They don't want to go in there and fight those ugly fuckers. Yeah. So you go in there and fight and give us the ball, and and I had thirty-seven glorious years not wanting the ball, mm. but I would fight anybody for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think what you said before as well about being that sort of problem solver as well—it's wanting to sort of—it's wanting to look at those patterns, isn't it, and look at what people do and and, and organize things around that. And that's that's one of the reasons you know that. I I stayed in logistics really because I'm a problem solver and I'm not I'm not on the floor doing the work now, but I sit there and sort of conduct the orchestra if you like and and, and do it that. Yeah. Way. yeah, yeah. But so yeah, when you when you got when, when you got involved in the test marches then was it the fan dance your first one then was it?
0: Yeah, it was, I, and I remember it distinctly. I, I wrote a letter to um, the DS at or DS at Avalanche Endurance Events, um, and I got a quite a curt reply. <laughs> And I thought, I like this. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm like, because, you know, I, I've done all sorts of bits of like scuba diving with I And mean, as soon as you want to do something new, um, they want to know about your medical history. Hmm. Have you got this issue? This and I'm like, yeah, I've got that. I want to start writing it down now. And they're like, yeah. yeah, come along. It's at your own risk. We don't really care whether you fall over. In fact, um, we, we we love a good injury. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, this 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 is right up my street. At this time in life, you know, yeah, I, I um, my last ride of a motorbike, uh, I crashed a bike in front of my wife and and son, Jackie and Jack, were in a car behind. Um, I have nine pieces of titanium because of that, and my leathers are sold on eBay before I come out of hospital. So, <laughs> so that's end the bikes. Yeah. Rugby, rugby, similar sort of thing. Snap knee, no more rugby. It's like, okay, I need something. I have yeah, yeah. to have something. I'm. I'm um, I'm not going to say I'm an aggressive bloke, but I have been. Mm. I, I I need something from Monday to Friday. I've got a stressful job so that I don't end up losing the plot and saying things I might not want to say Monday to Friday. Mm. I need to make sure on the weekend I can bring myself back down again. Um, so I saw this fan dance, started training for it. Um, I, I've organised loads of endurance events for charity. I told my rugby club, this is what we're doing this year. got 30 people from the rugby club. We all invaded Brecon Beacons, we all went on the fan dance. Um, and I, with a target of just getting round it, because I was at the end of my yeah. rehab, and I did a four hour sixteen with a 35 pound pack. And okay. Ken said to me, You must have bullshitted about your injuries almost, because you know, that's not a bad time. Yeah. Come 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 back next year, and I thought, Oh, four hours sixteen, okay, I'll, I'll come back next. And I come back next the year after, and I got three hours fifty-four in the summer. Yeah. And I've got yeah. a winter pass as well. Um, and I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. Did you for, go in for a fat biffer? For a fat biffer. <laughs> but the, yeah, the yeah. weight, I can stand up now. I'm in pants as I stand up, but you can see. I'm coming from work. In, I mean, I've taken my chow's off. haven't <laughs> had time to get changed. Sitting here in my socks and pants, talking talking to a mate. And 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 um, it, it was the leveller. Is the weight bearing for me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I have never been a racing snake. I've always been last. It's always, yeah. you know, when you're last, 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 and someone says, Oh, no, this involves running through mud. I'm like, Well, it's a bit like rugby.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, this involves carrying a weight. Oh, it's a bit like rugby. Yeah. Well, what you've got to do is run up and down a mountain. We're not going to run up and down a mountain, but it's strength up carrying and then careful foot placement coming back down. Can you concentrate? Can you breathe? Can you get in your zone? And I'm like, God, it's made for me. Yeah. And 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 I was beating some really fit guys, just because I wanted to. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and and you see yeah. that every year. You see that every year on the fan dance, don't you? you see the you see the PTs turn on, who uh, I've seen it on the internet and think right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and smash this. And then as you come back up the Roman road, they're blowing out their arse and you're <laughs> you're just plodding along.
0: Well, don't get me wrong. I'm blind at my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you know the you know the score. I mean, yeah. but it's it's the you know I've looked at fell runners and thought, wow, yeah, I am never going to be a competitive fell runner. I don't want to be a competitive fell runner, but I have I have a target in my life. I want to be able to put a backpack on my back and walk up Kadar Idris and stay overnight. Hmm. For within about a week as I live. And, and at the end of the day, if I can't stop, I'm not going to say I'm doing do anything silly, but I'm just saying that why can't I? I followed a bloke. Um, well, this is what this was a horrible one. Summer Woodhouse Trident 2018. Mm. It was red hot. Um, and the, the the Woodhouse itself, um, I think Ken Jones introduced a bloke that had been on selection when the Woodhouse was still a test march. And I was talking to him up the Roman road for a little bit. Oh, boy. Two, he's had hip replacements, but he's still plodding out. And I'm mm. thinking, when I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I don't... <laughs> you know? Why not? A backpack, a couple of walking poles. I want to go up in the mountains. Of course you're hurt. Of course mm. you ache. Yeah. You know? You ache. I know you ache. You're puffing out your chuffer. I know you do. I know you've had lung issues. I know you've been in hospital. This these stories of people interest me. They intrigue me. Mm. What winds me up a little bit is someone's like, "Oh, I'd love to do what you're doing, Andy, but my ankle hurts."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, mate. Well, you're the wrong mindset. Your ankle hurts. You let it. You let it hurt you. You Mm. let it affect you. I'm not going to do that, mate.
2: Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Most of it is about mindset, and I think that's you know that that for me is what attracts me to events like this, and whether it's the whether it's the fan dance or any of the test week marches, or you know, say with my spine ambitions at the minute, it's that it's that sort of mindset of just putting one that one foot in front of the, other, knowing that you know, you know, if I think sort of next June when I'm on the spine and I'm sort of 200 miles in, I'm not going to be bouncing along like a spring chicken. It's it's going to fucking hurt, <laughs> and it's just putting up with that pain, it isn't it? Is. it? And, and just you know, it's yeah. it's working through and doing that. Like, like you know say, this this week when I'm going to to recce, my original plan was I was going to go out and recce the route um, all day Friday and then stay in a hotel overnight and come back the next day. And I thought, well, no, I'm not going to do that now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go up there on the train on Friday afternoon, start at yeah. seven o'clock at night and walk through the night. And if I need to sleep, I'll just get my bivvy out and sleep at the side of the path and then get the train home and I get to the other end in yeah. the morning. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Cool. exactly. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that's that's. You know that's what's going to happen on the day, so it, it's getting into that mindset. So, you know, I'll put myself in those uncomfortable situations, which you probably but do I every day in work as well.
0: I, I, absolutely right. I wouldn't want to say that I've been a success every time either because, nah. um, on the test week marches, um, you know, I, 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 I part you know, it's like they say it's like selection in terms of if you've got to pass one to go on to the next one. This is yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, um, I was, I was offered, um. Black Sabbath. I didn't need to do it. I'd done Iron Man point to point ricochet. Didn't mm. need to do it. And and I and I tweaked my right knee mm. and, and I was like, ah oh, shit, you know, I've had this rebuilt. What what am I doing? It's on a it's on a test march I don't even need to be on, it, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to, I wanted a complete long drag. I wanted to find out about this story. Yeah. And I hadn't had boots on the ground on any of the areas that these test marches were over. It was all complete virgin yeah. ground to me, like as if I'd been dropped off a helicopter and told RVs, A, B, C, D, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um so so um I VW'd from Black Sabbath, which is probably the first thing I ever VW'd from in my life, and I am now at what fifty-two years old thinking this is stupid. Mm. Um and then Elan Valley is a rather unpleasant area for a test march. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I finished I finished that on what I would call um an NSAID overdose. I ended up in Dolgethley Hospital. Okay. Um, um, with a with a with a shredded stomach lining, um, right. because I I was going to finish no matter what, mm. um, and I took too many uh, vitamin N vitamin Nurofen, yeah yeah, um, and then uh, long drag, and I was prepared for long drag, <laughs> apart from the fact that um, I had some issues with my right hip, and I went to see Uzo. Who I know that you've interviewed before.
2: Yep, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and he, he he's had his hands, so has Mark Walker. They both had their hands on me after Woodhouse events at uh, summer and winter. Um, I went to Birmingham to see Uzo, which was hilarious because my son came with me, spent an hour and 45 minutes being manipulated. Um, and, and Uzo said to me, don't do the long drag, mate. You're not ready. You're not fit enough. Mm. You're, you've got injuries. You've got this and the other. You are just going to fuck yourself up. And I said, yeah, but Uzo, you know, it's bad enough on real selection as a fit athlete in your 20s going for this. I don't know whether AE is ever going to run another long drag. In fact, since then, three years ago, they haven't run another no, long drag. No, no. Maybe they do in the future, but they hadn't. They haven't since. And, and I said, I've got to attempt it. And that was foolish. Um, yeah. You know, I did, about t- I did about 10 hours. I felt like crying. Yeah, um, the yeah. weather was horrendous. It was November time, and um, I was I was the happiest VW
2: of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? If Uzo or Mark Walker is telling you not to do something, then you're probably yeah. not ready for it because they'll they'll get you ready and patch you up and send you out of there. Yeah, I yeah. I had I had the issues. Went to see Mark Walker at when he was working at Manchester Uni, um, and I actually only had one one visit with him and his students. Uh, and he basically gave me some exercises to, do, told me what to do, and I've never had a knee issue since. And he's, yeah. uh, they, they are magicians; those two guys. They are
0: brilliant guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. And think, uh, yeah. If, if anybody, if anybody needs patching up and putting out there, then then they're the two guys that you you certainly need to go and see. One hundred percent. It's you know, and I think the test week march as well. I was on. I I got pulled on Black Sabbath just at the bottom of the Grinch. Um, That's a
0: nice hill, isn't it?
2: Well, do you know what? It was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I, I got to the Grinch, and as I got to the Grinch, Jan was on the checkpoint at the top. Yeah. So at this point, they were, they were pulling people and just saying, right, you're not going to make the next checkpoint. And I think it was Chats was going up to the left of me. I could see him going yeah. up. And Jan was trying to run down the hill, telling everybody not to come to the top, because basically we we're going to get pulled. And I saw Jan running down. So I ducked into the heather and ran around the other side of the mountain because I thought, whatever fucking right. happens, I'm getting to the top. Yeah. Even if you pull me at the top, I'm getting to the top. But I got to the top, and like he just popped his head up the tent, and he's like, I'm fucking Looking for you everywhere. <laughs> 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 yeah. and then I don't know, I don't got down the bottom. We got pulled there, yeah. But uh, yeah, Fantastic. yeah, the Grinch is amazing. It's uh, yeah, I love it, I love <laughs> But there's no way, there's no way I wasn't getting to the top of that, even if it was good. I, yeah. I was gonna get pulled at it, but uh, yeah, it, it is a shame actually with the test week. I know there's, there's an effort to put one on in October, isn't there? So yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll we'll see that happen then. Um, I mean, so let, let's a, let, let's talk about your 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 love affair with with Idris then, because uh, like you say, obviously yeah, you you know you, you've got that memory there from your dad saying you yeah, you know not going to the top and what have you. So what what is it about that mountain for you apart from that? It, it's difficult for me to put my my hand on it. Um,
0: everybody has issues in their life mm. um and you know you can you can wallow in self-pity or you can think you know what i need to refresh myself mm. i need to reset myself um or or i need to be strong for my family i need some time for me to go and consider what i need to go and do yeah um i had a really tough time in the first couple of years of boarding school mm. um like i said late 70s early 80s horrendous place um Last few years, amazing place.
2: Yeah, but
0: at, at the time so. Uh, but there are times. Um, I was volunteering on the Talyllyn Railway as a fifteen-year-old summer holidays, and um, I thought I'm going to go and walk the mountain. Mm. And I didn't have much time because I'm playing steam engines during the day.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm going to go and walk the mountain. And how long it's all will take? Will take six to eight hours, and um, off I went. And uh, it did actually take me six hours. To be fair, I mean, I, I think I've done it two hours something since, but uh, six hours ish at the time. Got back down, and I felt cleansed. Mm. I felt a different person. Um, I've been up a couple of mountains before, but I was like, "Wow!" Um, I didn't think, "Dad, you bastard, for not taking me up this mountain." There was there was none of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just started with this this love affair of when I need some me time, when I when I need a bit of help, when I can get out there in Mother Nature, um, I, I can go there and I can feed off the energy of the outdoors, feed off the energy of that mountain. Um, I mean, he's so much so. And my wife, when Jack was two years old, um, she smashed her leg quite badly, uh, bad enough for uh, 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 Mr. Pursu was the surgeon. He said to Jackie, "Now you've got to take this seriously. Do you want to walk again?" Hey, can you imagine, you know, in your late 20s, being asked a question, do you want to walk yes. again? Yeah. So I said to her, look, um, set yourself a target. I've always set targets. Set yourself a target. And I said, how about Cadet Idris, the Minford Loop, up from Minford, around to the summit of Penega, there, round Minneth Mole, back down again. And that path from Minneth Mole back down, back at, back in the day, was a horrendous path coming mm-hmm. down. Um, took her about 10 hours a lot of training she did it cried at the bottom and i said now love don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do something yeah and she smashes it out of the park every other week she's a, a, a great woman mm. so it hasn't it hasn't just she hasn't been up there since <laughs> 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 but <laughs> but my my son you know i would told you oh, I no, 10 years old you've got to wait uh, yeah. you know my son jack um He's got he's got puro, anxiety, um diagnosis for all of that. You would say basically special needs and, and extra care and all these sort of bits and pieces. Um, he was told that he was told by Mr. Chandrakantha. Have you listened to Mr. Chandrakantha? You told my son he wouldn't be able to play a team game. Hmm. Ten years of rugby he played, Mr. Chandrakantha. Thank you hmm. very much. Climbed Kadir Idris summited when he was six summited via the Minford path when he was seven, been up every path by the time he was 10, carried his own Bergen on a, on a week's walking holiday by the time he was 13 Brilliant. over that mountain and other places. Yeah. So as someone as you can't, what a load of shit, mm. whether you want to or not. And that might take a bit of time, a bit of prep, a bit of planning, yeah. you know, and, and you might think, actually, I've done that, don't need to do that anymore. Mm. But I have to keep going back. And I go up there every couple of weeks. I might not summit it every couple of weeks, mm. but I'm not far off. Um, this year has not been the best. I had pneumonia a couple of months ago. Um, so there was a bit, bit of a time when I, I, I couldn't. But every time I'm edgy, every time I'm stressed, I feel the calling. And I've got yeah. to go up. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like I say, it is a beautiful place. And I think, you know, that weekend that I spent up there where we so we just camped by the uh, the side of the 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 the, the lake there, and it, it, you know it was amazing to go up there, sort of in the middle of the night, and then slide down that stone chute in the in the early hours of the morning as the sun was coming up. That was it. It was really. really...
0: Yeah, well, I mean, what, two what's, two, what's two, the, two ago there were helicopters all over that dragging people off, and there's me taking <laughs> middle aged people out of condition. Well, no, we're not out of condition, but you know what I'm saying. Look, but if you plan it right and you care for and you risk assess. You yeah. can
2: push the boundaries a little bit, can't you? You can, yeah. And it was—I think it was—you know—initially, it was much to JR's protestations about coming down the stone shooting. <laughs> I remember when you say, "Oh, should we go down?" He was like, "He ah. told me.
0: He, he told me I was in charge that weekend. He found out
2: that well, he I was where? in charge that weekend." <laughs> so, have you got plans for any more sort of events like the uh, like fan dance or anything like that coming up, or um, well, I
0: i've got a target in my head um I, i've done i don't want to say too done too many fan dances don't ever let me don't quote me on that and i would say to anybody that hasn't done an AEE fan dance or um uh trident or um double tap or or test marches they really ought to be considering these events because they yes. are something special yeah
1: um
0: because of my son's condition, he, he has problems every day of the week, all mm. the time. It's like white noise, tinnitus, all yeah. the It's not tinnitus; it's thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one of my heroes is um, Lawrence Arabia. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm planning. I don't want to announce it because my wife's not. I wonder if Jackie's going to be listening to the Alleycast. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Lawrence Arabia was born in traumatic. Yeah, which yeah. is a few miles north of am right now, and he died near Wareham. He died at Bovington Medical Centre. Yeah, okay. and that's about two hundred and thirty odd miles, depending on which route you take, door to door. So I'm planning um, on a tab from um, traumatic to uh, Bovington, um, four double marathons on the trot, yeah. finished in with a single marathon, um, self-supported sleeping in a ditch or wherever it is sort of thing and i want it to be a bit of a pilgrimage i want it to be not very nice and i want to raise awareness for for um, mental health because people are um in pain in trouble uh, with their mental health every day and they feel isolated they feel on their own Mm. so i want to do something where pretty much on my own and and something that's that i will find quite tough um not just to raise cash but to to raise that awareness um so yeah i've been in contact with um various uh people at the moment about um whether it's feasible for me but i'm you know i'm i'm a good three stone too heavy at the moment I, if yeah. i can't lose i can't shed that weight i mean over it's five days it's about although it's relatively straight route ish and although i'm not covering any mountains Still, eighteen thousand feet of elevation over yeah. four and three-quarter days, just by walking up and down roads. Mm. Um, so I, I really need to look at that. But I do like to plan. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I will. I might find myself in the middle of the night driving around certain hedgerows and woodlands, fifty-two and a bit miles in on day one. Then the next fifty, just to have a little look. Um, I've already sent some info to uh, one other guy. Um, who helped me with a looking for a bit of a route through Bristol? Bristol.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so I don't know. Hope, hopefully, it, it it's on. Hopefully, I can use that as a motivation to finally get this. Th- I put on three stone in the last three years. I yeah. need to get it off, yeah. but I don't need to get it off as much as I need to go out on the hills. Yes. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. up there over the weekend, still on the hills. If I can go on the hills and perform, that is the most important thing. You know. Uh, whether I look good in jeans or not, that's secondary. I've still got my, I still got my ugly face, mate. I'm never going to look <laughs> good in
2: jeans. <laughs> really, interesting what you're saying there as well. Obviously, about sort of doing that solo pilgrimage, because um, I think if you look at the whole sort of sphere of mental health, I think one of the sort of biggest issues that that we've that, that we've got at the minute is people just aren't alone with their thoughts anymore, are they? They're, they're constantly sort of stimulated. Um, yep. Whether it's whether it's TV or whether it's whether it's the internet, what have you, um, and you know, f- for me, getting out there, um, you know, and say when when I'm out this sort of Friday night walking in the pitch black across the, the Pennine Way, it, it's just you and your thoughts, and I find a lot of people try and steer away from that.
0: Yeah, I, I got it's, it's not an easy subject, is it? Um, no, I, I remember a wise person telling me. Um, many moons ago, uh, Andy, you can be happy or sad and it's your choice. Hmm. And I sort of like live by that thinking, yeah, look, okay, shit happens, but I'm going to be happy about other stuff. I'm going to look for positives. Hmm. And then and then there's my son who will say, yeah, I understand that, Andy, but uh, dad, but if your brain is saying, be sad, 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 and it is just recurring all of the time until – Something breaks that thought process, which mm. could be you're overweight. You're overweight. You're overweight. You're yeah. overweight. Yeah, yeah, you're, so, overweight yeah. you're overweight. You're overweight. Yeah. You're overweight. And then until that thought process is, you've got no friends. 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 And if that is all your thought processes all of the time, mm. then they can't be left alone. Yeah. You know, or 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 they're frightened to be alone. I mean, you know, he's frightened to go to sleep.
1: Mm.
0: And how you know, but, but you know, you get tired. Oh, no, I'm now curled up. Now I'm on the mountains. I'm in a tent with my dad. This is lovely. Scared to go to sleep because I'm going to dream about thoughts. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. so there's. I don't want to say that there's mental health and mental health, but you know, after this interview and after dinner, um, before before my son's bedtime, even though I got up early, I'll be taking Jack out for a drive tonight. Yeah, and, and we'll do a bit, little bit of a road trip because it helps his anxiety for bedtime. Hmm. And, and, and some people look at that and go, God, Andy, how do you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? How do I go out with my best mate mm. and listen? Because in, Jack's into films and he's, he's yeah. a genius, really. And yeah, does yeah. a bit of script writing, does some bit, does editing. Um, but because he likes films, he likes soundtracks from films. And, and, and lots of soundtracks from films happen to be from the 70s or rock music. So I'm going out with my son, listening to the music that I grew up with, on a road trip around Snowdonia, mate. You know, that's not a chore, is it?
2: No, not at all, mate. No, no. And I think, you know, and, and I see this in work all the time, and I've got experience of this. I've got a spin to this at home and in work as well. Um, but, you know, the, the, the sort of the neurodiversity now, it, it's, be, it, it's coming more and more into, into the sort of the workplace, and people are starting to realize that, you know, treating everybody equally isn't treating everybody the same. And I think we've gone through that phase of, of probably the last sort of 15 years of equality and we want to treat everybody the same and we want to treat everybody equally and we're all human beings like you say with varying different degrees of mental health and, di- and different di- different conditions and, and different neurodiverse conditions as well and we've really got to go back to the point where we start to look at each other as individuals haven't we and and yeah. work out what we all need and, and, and i think yeah. that that's something that we've got away from really we've put well, a lot yeah. of we've put a lot of focus into certain other parts of diversity, if you like, but probably not into neurodiversity.
0: Yes, I completely agree.
2: Yeah, and, you know, um, I've had these discussions with, and I think you know, when you look at um, you look at some people in the workplace as well, uh, and I think, you know, they're sort of white, middle-aged nah, <laughs> like we are, but I, I mean, a lot of them just don't get it. Um, and I have, yes. I think a lot of my sort of work there at the minute is, is discussing these issues with, with some of the people who who work for me. Um, you yeah. know, and, you know, I was having a discussion with, with somebody the other day about um, he was, uh, he wanted to ban people wearing headphones in the office, in the workplace. I'm like, yeah. w- w- we can't do that. And he's like, well, why yeah. not? I said, because there may be somebody in there who needs to wear headphones. Why? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and, I, and I imagine you've probably been through that as well, because sometimes even it's just headphones, just noise canceling to block things out can can be a godsend, can't
0: it? Well, for, for, for some time... Um... We couldn't go for a drive as a family without Jack having headphones in the car. Hmm. You know, and and then there's headphones and headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and um, you know, he 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 originally was scared of loud noises. Hmm. Um, and um, he got involved in firearms. Um, right. and we were in Florida in January on holiday, and because he likes films, um, you know. Uh, yeah, he had an MP five at the age of fourteen. That's not every fourteen year old's birthday present, is it? <laughs> not really. That. So, 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 pretty competent with a firearm. Mm. Um, and we went to Florida in January, and um, he wanted to experience for his own notes the difference between an M sixteen and an AK forty seven in fully auto. Mm. So we had to find a gun range that had both of those that we could use, and particularly like films, Vietnam history, and various bits yeah, and yeah, pieces. Yeah. Um, but in, in an indoor range, they're loud, yeah. You know, and and they're quite violent. The AK-47, especially. And again, a lot of the readers on here will know all about this sort of stuff. You know, they're quite violent things to use. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that he was able to stand there with ear protection on, yes, and and actually pull the trigger and ask for a new mag, mm-hmm. and to do the same again. You know, th- this is progress. It might sound a bit weird. Um, that you're using weapons as a form of therapy or a form <laughs> yeah. of progression, but he couldn't listen to loud music. Mm. You know, now we've got to take the wife's car on a drive because it's got a Rockford Fosgate sub in the boot because it, it came with it. So we've got to go out of that car because he wants to turn the volume up. So again, it's all part of this. He he wants to push his boundaries. I I want him to push it. I want him to gain more confidence. And it's all about these small steps and, if somebody in the workplace has to shut themselves away for 10, 15 minutes or whatever it is mm. with something different just to be able to bring themselves back into the moment, let yeah. them do it.
2: Yeah, 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 totally. And, you know, I think if we go back to the events like the fan dance or probably these long-distance endurance events, again, there. Um, if you do like the London marathon, you're completely surrounded by people all the time. There's lots of noise. People want to talk to you. People are cheering. But if you go out to the hills of the Brecon Beacons, even if you're a part of this event, yeah, you've got the you've got the you know the staff where where everybody's sort of milling about, but you've got the choice on that event of whether you talk to somebody along the way, or whether you just spend time on your own, or whether you chat to different people. So you can you can almost you can make those events your own, can't you? I, I, yeah, and enjoy them in what whatever way you want to, um, which you know you you can't in a lot of other events. So. Did you just
0: use the word enjoyment
2: with test week marches? (laughs) Uh, Type type two enjoyment, you know what I
0: mean? (laughs) Yeah, the slight, perverse, masochistic side (laughs) coming out thinking, I can do this type of enjoyment.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know what? And you got me thinking now. I've got to think about what point following the fan dance do you you start to use the word enjoyment? Because it's not even when (laughs) it's not even when you're coming down the uh, the path and you see that red phone box. Because that is a horrible. It's a horrible finish to a race, isn't it? Right.
0: All all I do down that bit, mate, is don't faceplant. Don't faceplant.
2: Thank <laughs> for I've seen I've seen so many people faceplant on our last, last little yeah. bit and it's so uneven. You're coming downhill, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, I'm there now." No, no you're not. You're not, you're not. <laughs> not until you get to that tent and hand your name across, you're not there at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you got any more um, more wild camping uh, expeditions planned for the for the GT gang? Well,
0: I I, I, I say yes and no, I and mean, we will just have one this weekend. Yeah um do you, want, do you want a little bit of a debrief on that yeah go on yeah tell us what tell, tell us how it went so um usual usual sort of thing i try to choose a different route each time and mm. um, because because we, there are there are some repeat customers that want want yeah. the same sort of enjoyment punishment but a different route whatever I try to make it a little bit different. and of course you know i'm not charging this isn't i'm, I'm not a business this is just me trying to show people the love of my mountain and a different part of the mountain. Mm. Um, and um, when you throw a date out there like mid August, you're expecting the sun to come out at least once. <laughs> you think 48 hours on the mountain, <laughs> will the sun come out? You know, you should do, and you think, well, might want some midge protection. But well, I can tell you, nobody got bitten by midges. Midges don't come out in 70 mile an hour wind and no, torrential rain. No, no. <laughs> um yeah it was, it was it was cool and and i I am blessed that I've got a wonderful circle of friends um I've had those through the the rugby club side of it and other bits and pieces and and similarly with with GT and um, some of the guys i I met in AEE I've got to mention a couple. you mentioned Chat saris earlier on yeah, yeah. superstar. Sorry, Chats, mate. I know you were buddied with me on a, on a Q course and, and, and you had to give me – you had to fireman's lift me up that road. Sorry about that. <laughs> Spine's probably never recovered. <laughs> but you Chats, you did well. Um, And Angela Copeland, uh, you yeah. know, i spent a lot of time with Angela yeah, Hills. Who uh, you've interviewed her, another superstar. Yeah. No, and there are more. Sam Effers, uh, loads of uh, – uh, you know, you wouldn't be there unless you've got something about you. Right. No. Um, but on the the, the, the the GT CADA camps, you know, I, do, I didn't start off by saying there's a minimum fitness level, but I felt the need to start saying it because I wanted to show parts of the mountain that were a little bit different. And um, the chances are that mountain rescue wouldn't be coming out for mm-hmm. a period of time. Um, I might want to do a night ascent. I might, well, as you say, stone shoot in the early hours in the dark. You know, that morning, if there had been an accident, it would have been at least six hours for a yeah. stretcher team to come up to us. Sorry, um, and, a, and a helicopter wouldn't have been out for 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 a good few hours. So, you've got to risk manage and think: Can these people handle? And, and you also know what it's like. There's a greater likelihood that you'll injure yourself when you're tired. So, if I know that there's a minimum fitness, it's not because I'm a prat, um, although I am. It's because that there's I need to know the capabilities of people. If we need to do a self-rescue, if I need to send runners off. So I do try to plan in a way that the pros would plan, hmm. even though this is just me showing my mountain. And, and, and I'd like to think that the guys that were up um, Cadre over the weekend and looking at some of the comments, they they thoroughly enjoyed it. A um, bit of pressure on me when some of the guys are XSF and I'm supposed to be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Simi in charge and I've got these guys. um so that was gone, but I'm guessing you would know this feeling. You've just done an event and there's nothing in the diary. How do you feel?
2: Oh, need, to put, yeah, need lost. to put something in the diary. Yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yes, of course, there will be the planning stage and, and, and no doubt there'll be a, a pre-Christmas, like there normally is, and then there'll be the middle of winter And then, obviously, back through into next year, the middle of winter is normally like the the, the February one. Had a couple of uh, February this year was quite nice, um, weather-wise. But we did do one uh, called it Arctic Wolves, and it was in between Storm Unis and Storm Franklin, Mm. and and that was interesting.
2: (laughs) Are you um, for future ones planning on putting on half-naked men and Swedish massages?
0: Don't know what you mean, mate.
2: I've seen the photos yeah don't know what you mean denial denial I'm sure I'm sure it was very pleasurable anyway
0: again I can't recall I seem to have memory loss
2: yeah 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 can imagine. memory loss
0: yeah. shell shock can't hear anything
2: anybody listening to this podcast now you'll probably find you've got about uh, you'll have about 50 volunteers for <laughs> the
0: one well it can all start off with a log carry <laughs> You know I mean the thing about these these weekends um to to make sure they go off um I, I get all the credit and I shouldn't do hmm. um and I don't know why I get all the credit because everybody knows the score um John Dunkley as a, as a member of GT he's been a number of times to meet me in the middle of whatever weather week to to carry bags of logs yeah to a location yeah um now, I didn't start off by allowing everyone to have their logs carried for them. I, I made them carry their own logs. But then I started thinking, asking somebody in the middle of the night to carry a 96-pound Bergen. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, as a middle-aged person with a wonky fetlock um, up a path they don't know, and they start off with a 40- a, 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 a to 50-pound Bergen, and then they put two days of food sustenance, you know, mm. in, in the Bergen, and then, and then I come along and say, yeah, you can have a sack of hardwood logs because <laughs> you look strong. It's a bit bit daft, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, starting to get casualties before we've even gone anywhere. Um, and we did have one chat. I'm not going to mention him. don't want to embarrass anybody. You know, that, that after carrying all of that kit up to a base camp location, he couldn't, he couldn't make the tab on the day. Mm. And I felt quite guilty about that mm. for, for about 10 seconds. I, I, I managed to recover <laughs> quite well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, you know, so you think, okay, I want I want logs there, I want cooking grill, um, I want opportunities for people to cook stuff they're bringing. Yeah. If they if they if we had one guy, he was on Marathon de Sable, so he was in the middle of trialing his particular food for that event, and that's fine. If you want to bring your 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 hydrated meals and and take water out of the lake, then fine. But if you also want to cook properly. And light a fire properly, um, then then you, you know you can use these skills, knowing that um, if your lighting the fire fails, someone there is going to get it lit for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But if if you want to cook something and it turns out a crock of shit, <laughs> there's other food for you. People will. will uh, um, if you don't want to drink any whiskey and somebody brings a bottle out their Bergen uh, mm-hmm. and you're cooking steaks, then you end up pissed like I did on the weekend. But yeah, that's a separate <laughs> issue. Shouldn't really talk about that, but you know, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe the massage you started after that. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, memory loss again.
2: Uh, look, uh, brilliant talking to you, Andy. Um, so I wanted to thank you as well because that, um, Kader Idris, um, uh, expedition I went on, I up, up for probably about six months before that, I'd gone through a really sort of difficult time and I hadn't really done any events. Uh, I was going through a divorce at the time and it was just it was just fucking miserable to be fair. Um, and you know, to get away from that weekend and just spend time with a bunch of mates who I could talk to if I wanted to and didn't have to talk to anybody they wanted to, you know, it really it really sort of turned my mindset back to to, to where it needed to be. And I think, you know, if, if anybody just does want to sort of get away and get into um, you know, get into the the wilderness and and you know. Be alone with your own thoughts or, or just have the piss taken out of them for the entire weekend. That it, you know, it's, it's certainly something to uh, it's certainly something to to look out for and, and get out there. So, yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I thanked her at the time. I'd like would say, because I was probably, I was, I know, I remember, I remember JR coming up to me going, you're a bit quiet, aren't you? It was like, yeah, I'm, all, I'm all right. but uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that weekend and it did uh, it did set me on the uh, set me back on straight and narrow, I think.
0: I, look, I look, I'm not. I'm not after it for for individual thanks. I know people thank me. And I know, and I know you have thanked me yeah. just by the fact that, you know, you, you you you've talked to me since we've been on. You know, you you don't have to say anything. No, a, a look know. in the a, a look in the eyes is good enough. You know, we yeah, we yeah. know what we're about. We're, yeah. we're big enough and ugly enough to understand totally. what, yeah. what 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 goes on and what the crack is. Um, <laughs> and I and I don't have to. You know, if people want to go on on Kada and they want to go on routes that aren't the normal routes they don't need me with them they can they can always contact me through GT DM yeah. me and I'll, and I'll give them some tips of what to do and I can give some safety tips along the way and and if they're really keen and really up for it um may, maybe I'd even offer to be their Archangel um on comms back in you know a land of safety so yeah. that they can go and push the boundaries if they want to knowing that, that somebody's not that far away. You know, I don't have to be holding their hands, and they don't mm. have to be coming on one of my events. But if they want to come on one of my events, like I say, then then they have they, they, they've, they've got to fit that mantra, that 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 not say model, um, but understand that you know it, it will be for the benefit of the team, and and it, and, that, and that's that's. But I'd like to think they'd also get quite a lot out of it. Um, Excellent. Yeah. But before you wind this interview up, yeah, I have well, got mate. to say. I have got to say one one thing, and, and I know he's quite a humble bloke, and I know he's set GT up, mm. um, and I don't want to spend too much time praising JR, but I do want to tell him, you fucking bailed out of that clepper first. You bailed out of that. We <laughs> might have capsized, we might have capsized, and it could have been our imminent death, but you fucking
2: bailed out first, JR. <laughs> I certainly sure appreciate that, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Lovely speaking to you, mate. Um, as always. Um, I'm sure I'll see you at some point over the next couple of months at, at an event somewhere, whether, whether whether it be in in Wales or um, don't know. I, I haven't decided about I'm doing Paris 10 or anything like that. So I'm, I'm just totally focused on the on the spine, I think, for the next few months now to uh, to, to get that sorted. So
0: wise thing to do, focus on what you need to do and train for that rather yeah. than do something for your ego and hurt yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. because I was looking. I was looking at the Paris Ten last night. I was thinking. I thought, no, that's it, It's not. It's not part of your training program, mate. Don't do it. Don't do it. There we go. <laughs> Leave it alone. Brilliant. Great speaking to you, Andy. Always um, oh, a pleasure. Steve. Take care, yeah, mate. On. Yeah. See you soon, mate. Cheers, buddy. See you, mate. Bye-bye. See you Bye. 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 <laughs> So really great to have a chat with Andy Thompson there. Um, if you ever get a chance to go out on any of the cadet expedition,s um, really really take them on. You know, I know we discussed it in that podcast there, but I was going through a pretty uh, a pretty turbulent time in my life, and um, one of those expeditions came up, and I jumped on it last minute, and it you know it really cleared my head. It was an amazing uh, an amazing couple of days to just be out in the middle of nowhere while camping um taking on some you know uh, some real sorts of enjoyable uh hikes and tabs and uh, and just getting out with with like-minded people so keep an eye on the gone tabbing page drop andy thompson or myself a message if you if you're wondering when the next expedition is and you know we can we can certainly let you know um okay so uh, like i said I'm going to be doing some um, recies for the spine race. So my first spine race is um, the first first long long distance one. Uh, it's the 108 mile spine challenger in January. So I've already done the first sort of 46 miles of that as part of the spine sprint. So I knew that really really well. So a couple of weeks ago, I went out and did the next uh, part of the uh, the spine race, which was from. Hebden Bridge up to Gargrave um, and I thought I would do that uh, as an overnight recce because I think during that um, during that event there's a very good chance I'm going to be doing that in the dark and uh, I thought it would be a good section to get out and do. Um, an amazing night, it started at six o'clock at night in, um, in Hebden Bridge, got the train there uh, and then walked over the Pennine Way, over the Moors um, to Gargrave, arriving around about half past four, five in the morning. Um, really, really great weather was horrendous, which made it even better um, and give it the real sort of spine race experience. So, um, the last section that I've got to do now for the spine challenger is from Gargrave up to Hawes, um, which you know takes in uh, Penny Ghent and Malham Cove and some, some fabulous um uh, f- fabulous features up there and some amazing scenery so we we'll to do that part during the day i am planning on doing that on the 21st of october and um, starting off from gargrave uh early morning probably about six o'clock uh, and then heading up and finishing up in Hawes later that day Um, these reckeys aren't going to be me sprinting down the Pennine way I'm really getting out and just taking the opportunity to uh, get to know the terrain get to know the route. and um, so you know it's going to be a hike fairly fast hike but it, it's going to be getting out there and, and having a look at that if you want to join me on that more than welcome to drop me a message uh, and we can work out the logistics of how that's going i'm planning on getting the train to gargrave and then um, staying overnight once I get uh, once i get to Hawes, and then getting the train back the next day but you know we can we can sort some logistics out if you want to come in your car whatever you want to do um so yeah if you want to join me on there anybody want to join me one two yeah uh, uh, hundred of you it doesn't really matter we'll get out there um and uh and, and enjoy uh, those reckeys together um so yeah um like i say next episodes will be the breaking 45 episode on motivation and um, if you just want to drop me a message uh, round about what motivates you feel free to do so it'd be great to include your experiences within that episode um but for now i'm going to go and carry on down my little rabbit hole of motivation and get that episode recorded and get it out to you um, so keep on keep on getting out there tabbing running whatever you want to do but most importantly just get outdoors uh, and get some uh, get some fresh air and get some uh, vitamin O, some vitamin outdoors in you. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again soon, guys. Cheers.
1: We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost.